You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number one, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. I'm Eli. I'm Justin. We're four guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much, we made this podcast just to talk about them. is a, a bit exciting for us. It's a bit hard to believe that we are actually at the point of recording our first episode, isn't it? Yay! Yes. <laughs> they're all, and they're all alive out there as well. <laughs> well. I think I've got the wrong channel. I thought this was the Action Figure Blues Jazz Club. Uh, jazz Club. Well, look, for those of you who don't know us, and we certainly do hope that there are going to be a couple of people listening to this besides our grandmothers and other relatives that we um, forced to listen to it all, we are from the Action Figure Blues Forum, which can be found at afbforum.com. We're a group of collectors who we've known each other actually for quite some time now from various toy sites on the internet. Um, we've made a place for ourselves at the AFB Forum uh, to discuss the things that we're interested with other people that have the same interests. Um, we chat about our collections and not just about the things that we add to it, but also about the journey of being a collector. You know, everything in our collection has a, a story behind it, and we like sharing those things as well. And we've built up quite a, a nice community there. But late last year, we had the idea of expanding that discussion to include a podcast that could be accessed by a greater audience and after a few months of planning we are actually here and ready to have a go at doing this thing we've planned a, a format of the show to make sure that you don't need to know anything about us you don't need to know anything about action figure blues or the forum and even though we live in australia you don't need to know anything about our great country to understand what we're talking about because well our interests we think are pretty universal and so are our experiences to other people who like the same things as we do now guys speaking of what we are interested in, I think it's pretty fair to say that um, we do probably have a, a bias towards comic book related stuff. I know for me that's what brought me into collecting action figures and as we talk tonight I think you'll find that it's the same for the guys here. We are comic book collectors and most of us you know, came into it that way but we do also collect things from film, from television, pop culture. So while you're going to hear a lot on this show about DC and Marvel, you will also hear things like Star Wars, Doctor Who, Predator. Guys, what else am I missing there? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ge Gears of War. Pretty much anything except for Dora the Explorer. We really have issues with her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's not going to be there. But ho hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of what we're likely to be talking about, right? Now... We have planned and put together some segments that we hope will become the regular format of our program, and we're looking forward to introducing them to you tonight. So let's get started on this thing. 
Okay, we're going to build each week around two main segments. The first is the toy of the week, and this week we're going to take a close look at the new Colossus action figure from Marvel Select. And then in the second half of each episode, we are going to have a special feature or a discussion topic, and this week we'll be discussing a really simple question, which is, why do you collect? Um, which hopefully will give us a little bit of a chance to uh, tell you a bit about us and about our collecting habits. So before we move on, guys, is there anything that you want to add out? Add there? Uh, no, I'm not wearing any pants, but other than that, I'm good. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about that on air, Ben. <laughs> okay. As you get to know us, you'll know that we do have a friend who doesn't really like to wear pants, but that's why, and you'll be pleased to know, this is not a video podcast. It's just an audio podcast. We're saving you and your imagination from having to deal with that. For now. For now. Eli, you want to add anything there? No, let's get stuck into it. Okay. Justin? Yep, no, all very good, Andy. Awesome. Uh, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, um, Justin actually brings up a good point there. If you do know Action Figure Blues, then you might know that I'm a guy that sometimes goes by the name Andy, but my name actually is Scott. That's pretty important for you to know because you are going to be meeting another fellow from um, Action Figure Blues who will be one of our other hosts as we rotate through who is actually called Andy, and that might confuse you. So we'll, we'll make that clearer to you as we go along. But right now, we are going to get started with the, our first segment, which is Articulated News. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. You from Kenner's Superpower collection hall of justice playset some assembly required vehicles and figures sold separately now before we get to our main features we're going to start each episode with a bit of news articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world now these stories are just the things that relate to us the things that we're interested in so please don't start relying on us to be your only source of news in the world it's not going to be comprehensive toy news it's just point of interest to the presenters here. And I'm actually going to hand over to Ben because he's giving us our first couple of bits of news today. So, Ben, this is a chance for me to stop talking. Go for it. What's caught your eye this week? The new Marvel Select figure was announced. We're talking about Colossus tonight, but the, we saw a sneak peek of the newest figure, and that is a classic Ultron. And uh, I have to say, uh, I was pretty excited at first, and then I sort of started to scroll down, and it, gosh, what a horror. Uh... Um, has anyone else seen this figure? The, you know, Marvel Select, their output at the moment is fantastic, and I really like the way that they are looking at groups of characters. They've got a lot of X-Men happening, like the Colossus we're going to talk about in a moment. They're obviously doing a lot of Avengers as well with the movie coming up. Ultron is a great figure, but those hips on that figure, are the Marvel Select hips are never good because they use the ball-jointed hips, but that is just ugly. I know. That's, uh, what do you guys think? I yeah. had exactly the same reaction as you. I was going, wow, that looks cool, and then scroll down, and wow, what are those things attached to it? <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I, I just, I have a hard time trying to picture, you know, guys sitting around a table with this figure in hand as they, they're just doing the, the quality assurance, and they're giving it the thumbs up and going, yep, let's, let's roll this baby out. I mean, doesn't, isn't there one person sitting at the table who goes, uh, look, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room, and, and that is, you know, the fact that this guy has two shot puts where his hips should be. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a fail for me. I think that they, they've made a design choice in the way that they put these figures together. They've gone with the ball-jointed hips. Um, to me, they never look good. And, but th this is an example of, you know, 
when it really doesn't work and when they really should have tried something else. I mean, not only does it look bad, but he's not a he's not a human. He's not a he's a robot. So you could have a very different construction there. Um, exactly. So, yeah, good point. But um, I think we can just hope that when it comes to production, that those uh, those heaps are going to come closer together, if, if at least. Yeah, and I think with a, a twenty-two dollar price point, yeah. um, it's a it's a pretty risky gamble. The head sculpt's fantastic. It is. The he- it is. The, the head sculpt is you know classic Ultron. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Those hips are not. But if you have a look at the the promo shot. I really love the base because yeah. it's got a little defeated Ant-Man and a little defeated Wasp there, which is probably as close as we're going to get to getting them in, in a Marvel Select Avengers display. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got... And, and I like what Marvel Select has been doing with the bases. They've done a lot of those little touches recently. So there's there's stuff going for it. I'm, I'm still going to buy it, but I'm not going to like the hips. Wasn't, um, wasn't Wasp um, also part of the Hawkeye figure? True. Yeah, she was. Or was it sitting on one of the arrows or something? Was she it? was. Yeah. For the uh, the Marvel Legends Hawkeye figure has a, also has an arrow with a an Ant Man mounted on it. Oh, true. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, the next bit of information was uh, was an interesting one for me, and that was um, from our friends at NECA, or is it Nika? How, how do we pronounce it, guys? This is one of the things I was worried about actually getting on a podcast is I'm going to get found out for mispronouncing things. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite an interesting point. I mean, with taking a bit of a um, segue, not not segue, that's not a word, tangent, I often, I think, because we hear things in our head, I do that with character names sometimes too, where you've always said something a certain way and then you hear someone else say it and think, oh, is that, you know, is it Dark Side or is it Dark Seed or, you know, those sort of things. So I would say Nika, that's how I, what I've always thought of it as, but I could be wrong. I, I always say Nika, so uh, maybe if someone can actually uh, correct us, we'll, uh, we'll revisit this in a, a future podcast. Maybe they could. I'm sure they're listening. Right. I'm sure they're listening right now. Absolutely. So I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be able to let us know. Anyway, go on. I- all right. Well, back to the the news item in, in points. Um, there was an announcement that that Nika slash Necker uh, uh, have picked up the the licensing rights to the new movie, The Hunger Games, and uh, I I just thought that was a really unusual property for them to go for. Yeah. Uh, for those for those people not familiar with the movie, it's um, it's kind of a cross between the Japanese film Battle Royale and probably a little bit Running Man. It's uh, takes place in a post apocalyptic world and. Uh, uh, one of the major events on, on their futuristic calendar is they select um, children, basically teenagers, etc., to play in a, a type of um, tournament where you, you hunt down and eliminate your opponents. So it's um, it, it's not kids. Sounds stuff. a bit like high school. Well, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> no, true, yeah, uh, true. Yeah, these guys get to use bow and arrows. So. Oh, more fun than high school. Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. The the lead actress, you probably wouldn't recognise her name, but um, visually you'd probably remember her as Mystique from uh, X Men First Class. Oh, great actress, great oh, actress. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? Is it is it a is it a risky move? Is it a? Are these the guys that did the Twilight action figures? They are. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's a bit risky. I don't know about where you guys are, but I just see them still on the shelves. 
Yeah. Uh, twilight yeah. figures in every every sense of like uh, dress. <laughs> one guy with no shirt on and. <laughs> yeah, they are a bit of a peg warmer, and I, th- I think that's certainly a risk for them. It'll be interesting to see. How many characters are there? The first wave has three figures. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, who's who, other than the, uh, the 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 girl from X Men First Class teams up with another young guy. Uh, they're two of the three figures, and the third one is actually one of the Hemsworth brothers, I think. All right. Oh, as in, as in the guy who played Thor. No, I think it's the other one. His brother. <laughs> Liam, yeah, I think. His brother, yeah. yeah. I wonder if that if they are anticipating that this is going to have a similar audience to Twilight. I don't know. I just find it really unusual. Look, I'd really love to see this uh, work for them because there are so many other properties. But you, you have to wonder when we've just had a movie like Immortals. Uh, I would have thought a movie like Immortals would be ripe for action figures, but mm. that passed us right on by. Yet something like this, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're aiming at that teenage market. Yeah. And I've got our last piece of news. It's part news, part rant. Uh, this is related to Mattel and their online site, maddiecollector.com. If you collect any of their lines like Masters of the Universe, Classics, DC Universe, Voltron, then you might have a subscription like I do. I have a sub uh, for each of those. And this week, Mattel announced that they were going to make things quote-unquote easier for people with subscriptions by introducing a My Subscriptions section where you could go and manage all of your subscriptions, payment shipping at once um, sounds great in theory those things have been very difficult to do with Digital River particularly if you need to change um, payment information etc so I was quite excited by that I'd had a bit of an issue with my Club Eternia subscription before this which I'll talk about in a moment so I thought it was a good chance to check on that as well so I went and I logged into my subscriptions and instead of seeing the three subscriptions that I should have I only saw my Club Eternia subscription and it said that it was cancelled now I wasn't very happy about this. Um, quite a few people, including myself, had an issue earlier with Club Eternia with the Star Sisters three-pack where there was a, a split payment made for that and people that weren't expecting the payment, like myself, uh, have a credit card that I use for these things that I put money over on as opposed to have credit with so I don't get you know stung or scammed. I wasn't expecting that payment, which meant the money wasn't there. And so I um, got an email saying that it had been declined and then got another email from Digital River saying that my subscription had been cancelled as per my request. Which, oh, no. Yes, which I was not very happy about. So I had been through all that. I had had an email back saying that my subscription was reinstated. I'd been informed over the phone by Digital River that it was reinstated. So I wasn't very happy to see that it was cancelled again there in my subscriptions and also that I couldn't see the other two subs I was supposed to have. I went through and used... Um, the man- manually the order numbers I found them on the the Maddie Collector site and once I found the subs for Club Infinite Earths and uh, Club Lion with my order number they then appeared in my subscriptions but my Club Attorney one still said it was cancelled I fired off another email and got a very polite email back from someone at Digital River saying that yes indeed my subscription was cancelled so I'm kind of at the point of thinking you know what stuff them I just won't buy it and review those uh, products anymore if it's going to be that hard to buy them um, but you know like I said part news part rant 
bit disappointing that you know they've gone to the trouble to announce that they're making it easier for subscribers when in fact um, it isn't easier. And I don't know if anyone else has seen any feedback online about how other people have found that. Yeah, uh, over at uh, He-Man Org, uh, every second thread is uh, along the lines of what you just said, Scott, especially with the uh, St uh, Star Sisters uh, split payment where they're getting automatic uh, cancellation of their subscription because they didn't have money to cover the unexpected mm. payment. Yeah. I think the Star Sisters situation was so, was so bad that they actually had to set up a special page on Mounty Collector for people to reinstate that stuff. And I went through all that. I got an email saying, you know, your subscription was cancelled, but we want you back, and here's a chance to get everything that you missed out on. Um, and so I think I still have an order for Sorceress and all the uh, Star Sisters and all those things that should be being fulfilled, but it looks at the moment like I still I don't actually have a Club Eternia subscription, and I really am of a mind to just leave it and quit collecting that line if they're going to make it that difficult to actually just buy their product. So, like I said, part news, part rant, pretty disappointing, but that's the end of our news section, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our toy of the week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each week on the podcast, we're going to take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. It's going to be a bit like show and tell, except without the show because it's over the radio. We might be looking at a new release like we are this week, or we might be talking about some favorite or just bizarre item from our collection. But each week we are going to focus on one particular item. And this week, Eli has the Toy of the Week. So over to you, Eli. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, so uh, Marvel Select's new Colossus figure from the X-Men. Um, picked this up from uh, King's Comics in uh, in town um, the other day. In, in and, what town, uh, Eli? For our... in, in Sydney town, in downtown Sydney, Sydney town. town. Okay. If you're not familiar with King's Comics and you live in Sydney, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's everything about this thing's big. The box was big. The, uh, when they handed it to me over the counter because I had it uh, reserved, they, they, they proudly told me how big it was. <laughs> and, and it is massive. Um, if we were doing one of those unboxing videos that uh, I think you've watched a couple, uh, Scott, yes. this thing would have taken me probably about 15 minutes to get out of the package with all the, um, with all the, the wire ties and uh, things like that. I hate those twist ties. Anyway. It was pretty brutal. However... <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, have I mentioned it's big? It's big. I think it's big, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, ben so kindly before the show put together a comparison figure of this uh, version of Colossus um, with uh, Marvel Legends version and uh, what was the other one? X-Men Classics version? I had never uh, seen that one before. No, and it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's... Um, 
I think I think this Marvel Select is, is to me it's quite obviously the best best version of Colossus we've seen in terms of um, the actual sculpt. Uh, the thing that stands out when you look at those photos is the the metal skin on this version of Colossus is is right. Mm. The versions that you see before look like some um, Rob Liefeld cable sort of type of metal skin version, whereas this thing is really reminiscent of the Colossus we sort of um, from when he was introduced in X Men. It's very Dave Cockrum, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is, it's, yep. it's it's perfect. I mean, even right up to Jim Lee and Sylvester. This is the, this is the, the the metal skin I remember. Yes. So I was I was really happy with um, with with that them getting that right. Um. Just a little bit more about how big this thing. And now I, it's obviously bigger than any other Colossus we've seen before in in you know the scale that um, this is uh, built in. It's it's eight and a half inches tall, and you know we talk about you know six inch collectibles and you know veering up to seven. This thing's eight and a half inches tall, which is pretty massive next to any of your other figures in this scale. I held it next to the um, the Thor, the um, the Olivier Coipel thing, um, art based on his artwork. Towered over that, um, the Iron Man from the Iron Man Two movie, the, mm. the Marvel Select figure from from that um, that time. Towered over that, and it was just, just just thinking this looks wrong. Then I actually put it up against um, the the Marvel Select Wolverine. I've got the um, the brown costume version, and you've got the runt next to the giant Russian, and it actually looks right. <laughs> uh, that Wolverine actually looks pretty tall against your other six inch figures. It's, I just measured it tonight, and it's six and a half inches. But this thing is—he's talking about an action figure, there, folks. Just to, to clarify, yep. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a running joke for everyone. <laughs> I must admit, I did actually uh, uh, contemplate saying something along the lines as, "As we speak, I, I currently have my eight and a half inch Colossus in my hand." Oh dear. Okay. Like you did it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think yeah, that we, we might have to fix that one in the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can afford the um, CGI budget on that, Ben. I don't. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. the um, Marvel Select. I think you know, one of the things that they have going for them is scale. Um, you know, they don't use you know a standard buck, so they do the oversized figures really well. Their Abomination and um, Hulk figures are just fantastic, and I think that you know this Colossus. I, I've I've got it as well, and I think that this Colossus, um, you know, stands up really well within the group, and it's going to make the Marvel Select X Men's display um, mm. look fantastic. Yeah, I passed on the um, the Cyclops. I'd actually pre-ordered it with our um, good friend Mike in. Um in uh, California, but I uh, decided uh, the closer it came that I didn't actually like the look of it. But uh, I don't know, has anybody um, held that up next to this, next to the Colossus? No, not me. Uh, I'm a bit of a cherry picker when it comes to Marvel Select. Uh, I don't mm. get every figure because I'm a, a bit of a diehard Marvel Legends fan, but I, I do cherry pick for those figures that I just think are, are a real standout. So the you know the Thanos, the recent Juggernaut, etc. And uh, when well, I too uh, got quite a shock when and my comic shop handed over the uh, the figure, it was uh, it was just enormous and. Uh, I brought it home, and uh, I wasn't quite sort of sure how he would fit with Marvel Legends, but uh, he towers above every other figure. Um, mm. there, there isn't another Marvel Legends figure who is as tall as he is, even uh, even Amiga Red. 
um, which is sort of notorious for being a, a large figure, pales in comparison. So um, as far as fitting him in with my Marvel Legends, I, I really don't know. Don't know if it's actually, actually going to work. No, I mean, he's definitely made to go with the Marvel Select figures, but I, I have the Cyclops. I think it's a great figure. Um, you, you know, you, like we were talking about before with the Ultron figure, if you're going to collect the Marvel Select line, then you've got to deal with the ball-jointed hips. It, it, mm. This On the Colossus, I think um, it doesn't matter quite so much. They've painted the ball joints red, so mm. it fits in with the trunks. It doesn't, it does. stand, you know, it doesn't stand out in the same way. Um, Colossus, uh, sorry, Cyclops had those as well. Magneto had those as well. Um, sometimes they put better kind of capping over it than than others, but you know, you've just got to deal with that if you collect the Marvel Select line. But I just like the way that they are focusing on groups of characters rather than just you know kind of dotting all over the place as they used to so you know with x-men now you know we've got cyclops we've got gambit we've got magneto we've got you know a couple of wolverines um and they seem to be going for classic versions of the characters as well which i think is fantastic i really love you know those the classic um tops of Colossus's boots with the the yellow and black design on it, and they've included that as well, which I think is great. So, yeah. any any negative points, guys? Yeah, I've got a couple of nitpicks. Um, the usual problems with trying to pose Marvel Select figures. Um, however, I think it's getting better. Uh, I think the um, the fact that this thing's got a, a the the abdominal crunch on it helps a bit. But I think the um, the legs overall, I think, are pretty good. And these hip joints, being ball joints, are surprisingly okay uh, for what they are. But I think the main nitpick I have is um, the no neck that happens from how high the the, the collar is. I think uh, they oh. probably could have done slightly better on it, or maybe it's just the one I've got, but um, it just it just doesn't really have any neck from the top of his collar to the to his jaw. Yeah, he doesn't have much of a neck. No. I, I like the way that um, they've sculpted all of the ridges on of his armour. It's not just painted on. I think that's great. The one issue that I have had is that mine has fallen over a couple of times, and has taken a ding of paint out of the tip of his nose and his chin. So mine, just from falling over on a a table, has got a a black spot on his nose and his chin already. So that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I I haven't had the problem with the nose and the chin, but uh, I didn't even bother to sort of look at my figure. I just grabbed the uh, the pack and and left. Um, but on closer inspection, I noticed some of the joints, particularly the where the bicep cut is, um, they're very very tight. So I've actually got paint rub in a couple of places, mm. and you know, I really haven't actually played with the figure that much. So I think he'll be a um, I think he'll be a pose and forget figure. Um, mm which is a bit disappointing. But for me, the standout, I think, is the, the sideways ankle joint, um, yeah. which just goes a long way to helping pose this figure. And yes. uh, it's, it's it's so subtly done. Um, look, you know, I give them uh, full, full, full uh, points for that. Excellent. Yeah. So, Eli, if you were going to, you know, give this figure a, a rating, I don't know if you want to do stars or what, you know, how, how, would you, how would you rate it on an enjoyment factor? 
An, an enjoyment factor? Or, 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 how do you, well, just sorry, an overall no, that rating? Just, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> just, just an overall rating. <laughs> how much do I love my dolly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many dollies out of five? Oh, years? yes. How, how many dollies do you love this figure, Eli? Uh, look, if I was going to rate it out, I'll, I'll go with ten. I like ten. Um, I, I don't like to rate anything with a, a middle option. True, uh, true, yeah. But I, I reckon uh, easy eight and a half, around about there. Okay, so Colossus eight gets eight and a half dollies. Mm. A point for every inch. <laughs> That's, there you go. <laughs> and uh, I might just mention, just um, out of curiosity, um, Colossus is actually seven foot five when he's transformed. So um, I think in the seven-inch scale of Marvel Select, he actually scales up pretty well. Mm. That's... Yeah, look, I, I, despite, you know, the, the, the paint rub is annoying. Um, it's the kind of thing that would make me um, replace, you know, replace a figure that I really liked. I think this guy is going to look great at the back of a display. One thing that we didn't talk about, which I think is worth mentioning, is the great um, prop that he comes with because the, the Marvel Select figures um, are coming, the X-Men figures have been coming with Danger Room pieces. Yep. And the 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 ones that came with Gambit and Cyclops were you know kind of just stands or little you know display bases with Danger Room pieces on it. But this um, piece that comes with Colossus is uh, one of those kind of meat grinder looking um, torture rack type. Of yeah, thing. things that that come out of the wall and smash the the X Men, and it is brilliant. I'm actually not sure what to yeah, do with it. Uh, well, you could um, mince meat with it if you wanted to. It's you know quite you know, handy as a, a kitchen tool, I suppose. A, a tenderizer. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I have to say, being slightly um, mechanically disabled, it took me a moment to work out how to put it together so that it does stand up. But it it does stand up on an angle behind the figure. So I was actually thinking... Yeah, that's what it's meant to do. Yeah. I was actually thinking if my OCD with flaws like this paint rub takes over and I end up having to buy another one, at least I'll get two of these um, groovy danger room pieces. Uh, in regards to the grate, uh, the reason why he came with that particular piece of the danger room is it actually comes from the cover of Uncanny X-Men and I believe it's issue 122, a uh, very famous John Byrne cover called um, The Trial of Colossus. Ah, uh, yes. So the idea would be to actually get two of these pieces so you can sort of recreate that classic scene. Oh, well, there you go. It was meant to be, obviously. Yes. Fantastic. If anybody yeah, wants well, mine, let me know. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Then I'll feel extra bad for having to buy another one to get rid of the paint rub on my nose, on my, my Colossus's nose. If only you knew people who could customise action figures. Well, I did think that. <laughs> I did think I might be able to fix it with a bit of paint, and silver paint mightn't be that hard to, to come across. I probably should have a go at that before I... In fact, you know, you almost might be able to fix it with a little bit of, um, you know, the metallic kind of pen that you use sometimes, the silver. It's worth having a go, I guess. True, true, yeah. Okay, anyone else want to say anything about this before we wrap up Toy of the Week? No, I just um, I've been looking forward to getting a Colossus for a while, and um, the getting the Marvel Legends one was always looking like a, a, a hard ass. So I was happy to happy to happy to get this figure. Great. 
All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the new things that have come into our collection in this last week. Aliens! Yo, Hicks! Something big is in the air! It's the alien flying queen! And her gruesome gorillas! Send in the ultimate space marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit! He sneaks in and takes him out! But the flying queen unmasks him! Send in Hicks and the heavily armored evac fighter! Send in the marines! Blast them! Yeah! And bottle them! And it's bye-bye bug, each sold separately! Aliens! This next segment is something that we're going to call Feeding the Addiction. We're all here because we collect, some of us more obsessively and compulsively than others. So Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other in each episode and discuss any new acquisitions from the week or also any pre-orders that we've made for things that we're going to buy in the future. And Justin, we're going to start with you. Anything new in your collection this week? Okay. Yep. Uh, this week, I got a I got uh, two figures. There were the Masters of the Universe Classics uh, Demo Man and uh, Battleground Evil Lim. Uh, now, Demo Man was was the one that was uh, highly anticipated. Yes. Uh, and he didn't fail. He to uh, to impress. He's a he's a good figure. <laughs> he's uh, he's very bright. He stands out on the shelf, that's for sure. Uh, the accessories are the thing that really makes him. He's got uh, his normal uh, hobo head. Oh, wow, beard. he's really green, isn't he? I just had, a, it's, I had to uh, Google him because I haven't received mine yet because I guess my subscription is cancelled. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter or anything. Go on. In hand, he's not actually that green. Oh. Uh, he's, he's dulled down a little bit. Um, you get you get the uh, the skeletal head as well, which is based on I can't remember the artist's name. It was from the mini comics, and I think it was from the first mini comic that came out. Uh, you get the skeletal head from from that comic. Is it, are you saying Skeletor or? Yes, the skeletal head. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's uh, oh. more freakier, more freakier than the normal skeletal head. It's very uh, green. It is. I've actually uh, replaced Skeletor's normal head and given him this much more scary one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, he comes with uh, a mace-type weapon that uh, is is pretty cool, I guess. And he comes with the um, the sword as well. Uh, he looks he looks sort of like a pirate. I guess if they were going to explore sort of a pirate theme to Masters of the Universe, which... Let's agree. Anything happens in that, uh, yes. in that you have cowboys, yes. you have ninjas fighting crab people, <laughs> so he fits in. Um, and he gets another little skull as well, which is when you actually put it on the peg on his head, it looks uh, it looks weird. Okay. So <laughs> it's more. It comes from the original artwork. You see a little skull in the in the in the foreground as he's walking along. It actually looks, if you can find an old sort of sketch, it looks like those old photos, uh, sorry, the old uh, film from, you remember when they found the Yeti? Yes. You see him turn to the camera and then walks along a little bit and then disappears into the bush. That's what he reminds (laughs) me of. (laughs) So so who is Demo Man in the um, Masters of the Universe canon? Okay, originally he was uh, the main guy that was going to battle He-Man. Oh. He was 
before Skeletor. That's why they give that little nod and include the Skeletor head as well okay. to the actual character. So all in all, he's a very good-looking uh, figure and very happy to get him. And very green. Very Isn't green. He? I actually had no idea who this character was, but uh, thanks, to, uh, thanks to Tom, uh, our Power Freak Studio, uh, he informed me that uh, isn't he the the demon that Hordak fused Skeletor with to become Skeletor? Ooh, I may have my history wrong, but I I thought that he was from an, an original sketch, and he when they had uh, He Man as a more uh, Conan type of character, I thought that this guy was going to be the main his main uh, rival before the, they actually the settled on. Guy. Yeah, oh, they, before they actually yeah. settled on He-Man and, and Demo-Man. I may be oh, mistaken, they... but I thought, along those lines, I thought he was before Skeletor. Uh, oh, I'm just, I'm having a look at the Wikipedia uh, yes. universe here, and it says, oh, I think this it might be a bit of a a retcon, that in the, in the 2002 series, Skeletor uh, might have been merged with Demo-Man, so, sorry, Keldor merged with Demo Man to become um, Skeletor. We're going to get all kinds of hate mail now from uh, masses of, of the universe. Um, Hemand.org. Yes, that's right. Who, um, not that we have anything against any particular website or whatever. Um, the, so sorry if we're getting it wrong. We just like yeah. the toys. <laughs> quick, quick, well, let's move on to for... Battleground Evil Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> quick, yes, yes. Quick, uh... Before we get anything else wrong, go. <laughs> Now she's she's definitely based on the 2000 uh, design that uh, came out the uh, the more updated version with the uh, with her colorings and so forth and she has uh, two heads <laughs> which <laughs> is uh, <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Uh, she has the normal helmet uh, helmeted head and then you can replace that head with another head and you see she has a lovely uh, wisp of white greyish hair, uh, which is a throwback to the original series when she got stuck somewhere. I can't remember the exact uh, cartoon. She was stuck with, somewhere with uh, Teela in the desert, and she took off her helmet, and it was the same sort of white hair design underneath. Um, and it's a throwback and a nod to that, uh, to that as well, to that episode, which escapes me as well. She comes with... Um, uh, more hate mail. <laughs> it was two. episode 322.3 <laughs> Sorry That's okay uh, She comes with her, uh, her Her staff That has a uh, sort of glow in the dark End as well Which came with the original figure And it, it funnily enough wasn't promoted on the original figure Back in the 80s as well So hmm. people had this uh, Evil in figure turn off the lights And there you go, her staff glows Wow there was no mention of it on the original packaging back in the in the uh, in the dark old days. But, uh, <laughs> she arrived. She sort of like uh, sits in the sort of background of my collection. I'm, I'm I was, just, I was just about to ask you whether or not it, you, you felt like it was a, a a must-have figure if you're collecting this line. Uh, for me personally, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the yellow-skinned uh, original Evil Lynn. Yeah, the the variant head sculpt's really good though. That's a nice, nice, uh, nice little detail on that one. Yeah, it's a nice sort of short, elfish sort of haircut. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Thanks, Justin. Ben, no 
But what about you, Ben? Any new acquisitions or pre-orders this week? Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, gosh, I I I made that that decision that I wasn't going to dabble in the hot toys pond, and I swore, uh-huh. I swore, and then I did, and then I said I was only going to get the one figure. Uh, that was a. Um, one of their Predator figures, and since then I've picked up other Predator figures, and I thought, okay, fine, I'm only going to get their Predator figures, and then this week I received my Hot Toys Predators Royce figure, the uh, the character from the movie played by Adrian Brody, and uh, I was a victim of circumstance. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he was on sale, so oh, um, you had you know, to have him. Well, that's right. We all know what happens when something's on sale. You, yes. you don't actually get a choice. You have to order it. That's right. And, so you actually uh, saved money. By buying I did. Him. Yes, excellent. I did. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You made money. Uh, made exactly. Money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, he he was an absolute steal. Uh, I'm really quite amazed that I picked up a Hot Toys figure for as much as I did. Um, but. Um, Look, I'm a sucker for for cool weaponry, um, and uh, if you've seen the movie, Adrian Brody uh, gets given an AA-12 shotgun, which is one of the most lethal killing machines ever made, and the idea of having a Hot Toys figure with an AA-12 shotgun was just uh, too hard to resist. So, But um, he's See, that, surrounded that by predators. That would never make me buy a, a figure. The I'm just not an accessories person I, an accessory would never make me buy a figure there would have to be the the character so it's interesting how different um things can influence different people in in what they buy yeah i'm sensing a topic for a future discussion i i think that could be possible <laughs> <laughs> i think it might already be planned but anyway let's <laughs> yes so um, yeah look oh, i really like the character from the film uh and i did actually contemplate getting one uh some time ago especially when uh, michael crawford did his review um but uh just given the hot toys price point uh, i held off and i'm glad i did because um yeah i got it for a really good deal really good price great any anything else this week or any pre-orders uh, yes, I've got the new Marvel Legends Waves 1 and 2 on the way from Mike S. And um, I'm, I'm really, quite, uh, really quite excited. Now, when, when we say Mike S., we are talking about Mike from Mike's Comics and Stuff, who is actually one of the sponsors of Action Figure Blues and also a member of our forum and an all-around great guy and one of our frequent suppliers of the plastic drugs that we do. Yes, He hasn't even paid for this spot. No, he hasn't. <laughs> we'll, we'll just send in the bill now. <laughs> we like Mike that much. We like Mike that much. That's right. Yeah. So, look, a uh, pretty expensive week for me. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, and Eli, what about you? Anything to report? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, you know, me, I buy a lot of um, uh, trade paperbacks and hardcovers, so I've I put in a couple of substantial orders recently on, on that front, and I'm, I just heard a, uh, a, a tweet from uh, Mr Bendis that uh, the Daredevil Born Again Artist Edition is coming out from IDW Ooh. in the near future, so I'm going to be all over that. Yeah. Um, but if we're talking about action figures, then um, one thing I've got my eye on is uh, that the Spy Monkey Armoury stuff. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Michael Crawford reviewed these a little while back, but they're, um, they're very suited to the, the Masters of the Universe classic stuff. And there's, there's a couple of themes. Oh, yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm liking the look of those. They're, you can get a get a set of about I don't know, is it five or six weapons that can, changes with this little um, 
this system that they've got for being able to swap stuff out with like 20 bucks. So it's, um, it's not actually a bad deal. It's actually quite a niche market. They've, they've done a pretty good job identifying that because, you know, there really are a, a lot of fans out there who will just love this stuff. Mm, it's a tricky scale. I mean, in the in the the um, the twelve inch scale, there's there's a big market there for accessories and weapons and all that sort of stuff, as you're probably all familiar with. Yes. Yep. But uh, at this scale, that's a that's a whole diff. Like you say, it's a whole different market. Are the Spy Monkey guys the ones who released the Toast Shield for them? For um... yes, they did. Are, <laughs> for what are, are they are they the Toast Shield guys? They are, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, look, I think you know anyone who can bring out a shield shaped like a piece of toast for a um, for an action figure are just you know <laughs> full marks in my book. <laughs> yeah, I, I never got around to to buying that, but it was a um, you know, definitely an inspired thing. I just know that you know I, I have what I call the um, black hole box of unwanted accessories and missing builder figure parts, and uh, it would have ended up in there, but it was very cool. Um, all right, and that just leaves me. Now, I didn't get any new release items this week, but I did get an eBay purchase of something I've been looking for for a long time. I'm a big statue fan, and one thing that I've been doing recently is going back to some of the older DC Direct uh, statues. I've had the Young Justice Impulse statue, which I got for a steal on eBay many years ago for a long time, and that was actually part of a set of three, um, inc- which the other two being Superboy and Robin. Um, I just did a big purge of things in the holidays, did a big eBay sale, and I actually had Impulse all ready to go and you know, had another look at him and thought, you know, this is pretty different. It's very different from what um, DC Direct does at the moment and so maybe I'll hold on to him and try and get Superboy and Robin Um, I've watched a number of auctions for them and seen them go for about $300 each time and so I was giving up and then I managed to find uh, both of those items as buy it nows for um, less than $300 combined Um, so that was a pretty including shipping from the states, a pretty good deal and uh, I got them the other day, and I am absolutely de- delighted with them. They are fantastic. I'll definitely be doing some photos and a review of them at Action Figure Blues. Um, th- there are the scale between the three characters when you put them all together is not a hundred percent. Impulse is a is a little bit bigger than the other two, um, but they are. If if you like the the nineties Young Justice and you like the nineties versions of Superboy in particular, um, th- they're great. The Robin statue um, is fantastic. The head sculpt, the, the photos I'd seen of it really didn't do it justice. It is a a, a fantastic head sculpt of the, the Jason Todd. Robin, so I'm delighted I've got them. They join together with a, and make one kind of big Young Justice base, so they look yeah. great. Yeah. They, that's a great score. They really are nice pieces. I think were they, they based on the art of um, was it Todd Todd Nuck or um, Michael Ringo? I think so. I think so. And they really the um, the Robin head sculpt in particular really gives that feel of you know not just a generic robin but the robin from the young justice comics so great job the impulse uh, one, one thing if you are ever thinking of um scraping up these statues the goggles on my impulse have um 
uh, not faded. What's the word I'm looking for? They've clouded over time, mm. so you can't you can't actually see his eyes. It's just I mean these are over ten years old, I think. And the from the time I got Impulse, his um, his goggles were clouded, so you can't really see his eyes. So it's just something to be aware of. I think that's just the because it is plastic and it's aged, um, but it really doesn't take away from the overall effect. Um, I did also make a pre-order this week. I remember a time, too, when I said that I was never going to start collecting hot toys. Um, I'm, I'm really good at saying I'm not going to buy things and then changing my mind at the last minute. Um, so I, I did say I wasn't going to buy, for instance, the new Marvel Legends, and I've got mine on the way from Mike as well. Um, but... One thing that I have been holding off on is um, Star Wars. I, I had all the classic Star Wars toys. I sold a lot of them to fund my initial um, superhero collection. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Um, but um, I, I've stayed away from all of Sideshow's Star Wars stuff just because there's so much of it. But I have had my little mouse hovering over the Hot Toys Bespin Luke Skywalker set for quite some time now and I finally cracked and pre-ordered that this week so that's the set with the two complete figures one battle damaged with the the missing hand etc um and I just you know thought Hot Toys are just doing such an amazing job I've started collecting some of the the Marvel movie figures and the detail is just unbelievable and if you're going to have a a Star Wars collection um, then I can't imagine you know passing up a a Hot Toys one so I'll see how I go I'll probably end up with all of them now but that that was the pre-order that I made this week you know, I, I really want to sort of, you know, point my finger and, and have a laugh at your expense, but I have to confess that, um, yeah, I ordered him too. <gasps> Did you really? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know how often do you look back and you think, gosh, I wish I had got that figure. And look, um, Han and Chewie will always be my guys from Star Wars, and you know, Luke probably comes in sort of third or fourth, you know, battling it out with Vader. But I just thought if that's the quality that they're going to produce with this line. Uh, the idea of them releasing, you know, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, mm. with the same level of quality, um, I will hate myself forever for, for not getting Luke yeah. um, to go along with those guys. So, um, yeah, yeah, I too sort of hovered <laughs> over that button for a while. And, oh. uh, a real big shout-out to Sideshow for their um, their payment plan. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, it's a blessing as an accursed and of course isn't it Sideshow has um, redone their flex pay system into an even more flexible payment system where you can actually um, decide the number of payments that you want to make and so that has helped me over the line with a couple of things that I have you know w- would not have been able to pre-order if I had to pay the whole thing up front but to be able to spread it out for the bigger cost and I know that um, you know I have heard in a couple of places that the the guys at Hot Toys really are committed to making their Star Wars figures something extra special. Um, I'm only interested in the classic trilogy, the the later trilogy, you know, I have an appreciation for, but uh, I don't, it certainly wouldn't extend to, you know, Hot Toys prices on, on, on figures, but just for those kind of core characters from the um, the original trilogy, I think you know, having a, a nice Hot Toys collection of those I could really see being a pretty special thing that you would enjoy for some time. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Good on you. <laughs> Good on me. Anything else to report from anyone of any other 
purchases or pre-orders before we move on? Oh, no, I certainly think that's enough for me. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with something a little bit weird. What is this bizarro world? This next segment is something that we are calling red carded. Now, if you know anything about football, and for some of you that might mean soccer, then red carded should be pretty self-explanatory. Um, it, red card is what you get when you get kicked off the field in, in soccer. Um, and we're using that term uh, as a, a chance to just talk about something a bit weird or unusual. Um, just when we see it, we may not have it every episode. But in our hobby, sometimes you know we, we see some pretty strange things, whether it's a, a weird announcement or something, an action figure that's a complete fail, or maybe something a little bit strange on eBay, and Ben's found one for us this week, so over to you, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, we do see some pretty crazy and wacky things, and uh, in this particular instance, uh, I just really have to do a, a bit of a tip of the hat to eBay seller Toy of Spark. Uh, this guy has been really persistent with an auction that he continues to relist over and over again, and as a fan of the Hot Toys Predators, uh, I, I do occasionally scout for some of the older uh, earlier release figures, and one in particular that uh, most uh, fans are after is the the elder predator, predator two. he's the the boss predator that comes out at the end of the movie when Danny Glover has defeated the predator. And I'm too little to watch movies like this, so I've never seen it. But go no, on. Yeah. no, it's. Uh, I mean, he really is an amazing looking predator. He's clearly this this sort of you know a couple of hundred year old veteran predator, and uh, and of course the hot toys figure is pretty impressive. So they certainly command uh, pretty high prices. But this guy has one listed on eBay with a, a buy it now price of. Are you ready for this? Three thousand five hundred. US dollars. Oh, oh, I'll take two. I'll take two. It, it's just, uh, it's astonishing. Um, yeah, both uh, both Andy and I have this in our watch lists because we're, we're just waiting. Uh, we're just watching to see if anyone will actually pay this kind of money for an action figure. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a, a tip of hat to this guy and uh, good luck to him. So you've seen it before and he's relisted it still at that same price? He has relisted it about seven times now <laughs> wow well good on him so yes he's our uh, red card of the week well done good job thanks for that ben we'll be right back with our feature discussion topic and now you can build your own king kong with these challenging king kong model kit you need no glue no special tools just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Our second feature segment is something that we have very imaginatively called Topic of the Week. Uh, this is where we're going to do a roundtable of thoughts, comments, opinions, or maybe some outbursts on a, a nominated topic. And this week, we thought we'd choose a topic that will give you an opportunity to get to know us a bit and learn a bit more about what we collect and why. We're running with the question, why do you collect? We all have different reasons, and it might give you a chance to just know us a bit more. And we're going to throw this question to Eli to start. So, Eli, why do you collect? Well, no, that's oh, the short answer is I'm trying to fill a hole in my heart, obviously. <laughs> Now, I've got to stop you right there. I have never known you to have a heart. Well, that's just wrong. Sorry. 
Then it's surprising I've got such a lightweight habit, isn't it? <laughs> true, true. Go on, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, like, like you, Scott, I sort of left the, uh, the comic world for, for many a years and I came back into it after, after a while of, I don't know, having some money or something. <laughs> um, money to uh, burn. Yeah, probably about four years ago, I um, moved back to to Sydney from overseas with my family, and um, was I uh, in a just yeah I don't know if something something struck me again. Yeah, I'm gonna look at some Firestorm stuff because Firestorm was my uh, my pet superhero from the '80s, and um, started looking around and stumbled across the fact that there'd been a uh, Firestorm action figure mm. that um, DC Direct released. I think um, it was probably the first Firestorm figure of any note since the Superpowers line. Yep. It was in the, the JLA, JLA series. I think it was the second wave that they did, and that was the same wave as that had Adam Strange, uh, the Adam, and Elongated Man. It was about 2004, from memory. Yeah, I bought it. Way after that. Okay, fact. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it had been been around for a while by that stage, but um, I was it was a bit I was a bit fresh to actually hunting down an action figure, and I uh, was trying to be you know thrifty and try not to spend too much money on it. But uh, I wanted it. I thought that'd be cool. I'll have one of those. And um, I ended up uh, tracking down through alternate worlds in Melbourne their um, catalogues, you know, they're like text files that they have on their website. I discovered that they had the uh, the whole wave for a reasonable price. And I think at that time reasonable was, I don't know, 100 bucks or something for four figures. Um, depending on what the US dollar and the Australian dollar are doing at a time, that sounded good at the time. Anyway, so I ended up getting the whole set with the uh, the plan of, yeah, I'll just get the Firestorm and then I'll sell the rest on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So su- suddenly I had four action figures and, and from there I um, I didn't really like the Adam or the um, Elongated Man, but the Adam Strange was really cool. It's like, yep, I'm keeping that one too, definitely. And, you know, to this date I never sold any of those figures. <laughs> Uh, one of them, one of the, the head from the Adam actually became the head from one of my first custom figures, and um, elongated man is just sort of sitting in various pieces somewhere. But uh, <laughs> yeah, from there, um, quite around about the same time, the um, DC Universe Classics Wave Two came out, which lo and behold, who had a firestorm in it? Ah. Two firestorms. Two firestorms, jive storm, as some people call the other one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I had to have those, obviously. And uh, it was actually a really good, uh, really been a really good few years for Firestorm collectors because we had a um, Justice League Unlimited figure, um, DC Infinite Heroes figure. There's even a Mini Mates Firestorm. Um, yeah, it was. And then you know, more recently, we've had like the uh, the Brightest Day stuff and the Death Storm from the Blackest Blackest Night. And... Did, did they do a, a Firestorm in the DC Mini Mates? Yeah, it was in oh. the two pack. With might have been with Red Tornado, can't remember, because uh, I only bought the um, the single figure. Are you loose. thinking Mini Mates or Pocket Heroes? Ah, Pocket Heroes. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say I I have those Pocket Heroes, but I I didn't think there was a Mini Mate. No, you're right there. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, and um, 
Mm. Corrections brought to you by Scott. <laughs> and then I then I bought a DC Universe Classics figure, and like many other people who started buying, was like, "Wow, I could get all these figures that are in the right scale and all this sort of stuff." And you know, aside from all the stories around that, suddenly I was um, pretty seriously into collecting whole waves of figures. But um, before that, when I was a kid, you know, I. Um, I had a couple of superpowers friends that I'd picked up from the supermarket, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the Isles of Woolies. I had a I had a Robin with the the karate chop action and the Mr. Miracle figure. I think I even had the and here's one of those pronunciation things I'm not sure about. Is it tear or tire? The um uh, yeah, look I always said tire as a kid, but I I've always said tear. <laughs> yeah, I had tear as well. Oh, we're, it's a split decision, everyone. Split decision. So, someone will have to write in and, and be the tiebreaker for us. Uh, a couple of those, and you know, Star Wars when when they were actually the movies were out, buying yes. the figures in the supermarket. I think they were all of like, oh, was it three ninety eight or something that those yeah. things cost? Yeah. And yep. and the other thing was actually saving up my pocket money to buy a He Man figure. Whoa. And I had a uh, I had a pretty close friend, and their family was a lot more well off than ours at the time. And uh, he got the shits. Well, we can edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he got annoyed when he turned up to my house one day, and I had a he-man. And he's whinging to his mum about why don't I have one of those? And, and oh, I saved up for it. And yeah, that was a funny story. <laughs> but so, yeah, so, so it's that's, a, a relatively. Recent thing, your your adult return to collecting is is pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually, I mean, I, I've slowed down a lot in the in the last, uh, I don't know, it must be about a year or so now since DC Universe Classics started being kind of rubbish for me anyway. <laughs> you mean uh, Rainbow Lantern rubbish, or? Yeah, I guess that was probably close to the start of it, and, yep. and I. Yeah, I'd, I'd gotten all the characters that I wanted out of it, and 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 you know I've got a boy as well, and he was kind of into it. A real boy, a real boy, a real boy. Yep. And he started losing interest as well. It was like, geez, mm. well, I guess I'll stop getting DC Universe classics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Yeah, pretty pretty recent, but uh, yeah, cool. It good. becomes an obsession. Good story. All right, Justin. Hey, Oh, sorry, go ahead, ben. I, just, I was just going to say, can I just interject as a, as a party pooper? And uh, while Eli was sort of re- relating those stories, I did a quick Google and said, uh, how do you pronounce Tia? And uh, it came back and it was quite interesting. There seems to be much controversy, but um, it, it does appear that the, uh, the, the most widely used pronunciation is Tia. And the reference they use is Tia, like tears of a building or something like that. So... Um, and, and in particular, the relation of the Norse god of war. Yeah, I was going to say the um, the Y has a bit of a bit of a mixed pronunciation. It's it's not quite the same as a, the way we would pronounce an I. It's a little no. bit more between an I and an E. No. The way they pronounce it. Yeah, I I, I I would say that's right because I think that the you know, for our non-Australian listeners, when we talk about a a tire on a car here we sometimes spell it t y r e but that's a pretty atypical um you know pronunciation of that letter combination so tear probably is correct yeah so this digression brought to you by uh, the uh, scandinavian pagans (laughs) (laughs) yay pagans okay sorry all right justin over to you why do you collect 
Uh, well, why do I collect? <laughs> to fill a hole, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not no, another, not, not another hole no. in your heart. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I guess like the rest of us, we try to reconnect to our childhood in some ways as well. Uh, especially like Elo was saying, when you're older, you have money to buy things you actually want, not relying on on prayers to your mother and father. Please, please. Yes, yes. I have, it's kind of that. Um, an earliest memory I had was when first collection was actually Smurfs. And um, do you remember? Uh, do you really want to confess this on radio? Yeah, that... I will. Okay. I'll go ahead. All right. Uh, they were I'm sure at... there's a support group out there somewhere. <laughs> BP service station. Oh, yep, yes. yep, that's where they were. I think they were like eighty cents or yeah. something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, and I remember uh, my father every time he'd uh, he'd go and get some petrol, he'd come back with a with a different Smurf, and it was like, a, oh wow, an astronaut Smurf. <laughs> and look at this guy; he's got his bavers on, and he's he's looks really relaxed. And there's a mechanic, and after a while, had had uh, heaps of Smurfs as a kid. And then I remember one uh, Christmas, must have been maybe 1983 or 82, that uh, there was uh, some weird, weird, odd-shaped presents under the tree. Uh, And, you know, as a kid, you try and, like, rattle it around and have a look and, what's under there, what's under there? (laughs) And it was turned out to be uh, He-Man, Merman, and I think it was Stratos from memory. Wow. That's a pretty sweet Christmas. It was, yeah. And I had no idea what they were what they were from. I had <laughs> no. I just like looking at them, going, oh "My God, these are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> when you're seven, you know you can back that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I collected uh, um, what superpowers as well for a little while. That was like having a, a paper run and being able to spend your own money as well, like. Uh, mm. In my family, you sort of uh, got presents at Christmas and at your birthday. Yeah. There was none of this in-between times for nope. presents. Nope. So there was uh, paper runs, Saturday morning paper runs. I remember doing that. And Sunday morning, both uh, both Sunday papers, in treading my wares in storms and all kinds of things <laughs> just to buy uh, figures. I remember having enough money to buy a whiplash. That took me forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I sort of had a uh, a box stored away of uh, He-Man figures and some Star Wars and some Super Friends. And then I remember going to Toys R Us, and I can't remember exactly when Marvel Legends returned. Uh, or sorry, arrived. I think it was about two thousand and two or three in Australia. Does anyone remember exactly when? Oh, that sounds about right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit, tiny bit earlier than that. But anyway, let me. I'll Google. You keep talking. Okay. And coming across Captain America, and looking at it and taking it off, and the first thing that struck me, of course, was the um, articulation and yeah. the weight of the figure. Going, this is this is really good. And I was just going to stop at Captain America as well because <laughs> yeah. I like that base. Two thousand and two. <laughs> sorry, the line started. It might have taken a little while to get to Australia though. But two thousand and two. And then um, stopping and then thinking, oh, okay, I have to get Human Torch and the Hulk. <laughs> and who else was there? Toad? Yeah. Well, as a, as a fan, that first wave was, was just amazing. I mean, Captain America, Iron Man and Hulk Iron, yeah. in, in wave one with Toad. 
I yeah. mean, uh, they they started off with three big guns. Yeah. And towed. And I, yeah. I wasn't I was not collecting then, but I remember very vividly seeing those in the toy aisles and thinking, oh wow, those look cool. But I wish I bought them. <laughs> and Iron Man was uh, still to this day. I think he's the best representation of Iron Man in that six-inch yeah. scale. That, that first one that came out in that wave. Um, and then I think there was a gap in between the first and second waves. And at my local Toys R Us, there was a, a Stealth, as he's been come to know, Iron Man, and the gold version. Yes. But there was like 10 of each. And I was like, oh, I've already got original. Uh. <laughs> Should I worry about it? <laughs> Justin learns about variants. Yes. Oh, I grab yes. Stealth. <laughs> And I left the gold one. Oh. But uh, after that, it's just anything Marvel Legends was, was the big thing for me to see these guys in that articulated form. Uh, actually, probably Spider-Man Classics just before Marvel Legends as well. Yeah. I, I looked at those, but I never, I never bought them. And when they had Captain America and Human Torch and the Hulk, um, that was it. Mm. That's what opened the floodgates again. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> so are you looking forward to Marvel Legends returning? I am. I haven't uh, proactively uh, sought out my source in Texas yet, okay. uh, where I get my figures from. But um, I I sort of am, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I spend too much money as it is on uh, DC Universe Classics and Masters of the Universe Classics. Um, I, I will probably. Who am I kidding? I probably will get. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, no doubt, but uh, it's nice to make you f- make yourself feel better for a little while by pretending that you're not going to buy them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. looking yeah. at them, I don't need them. No, I don't. no. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I've got like a varied collection. Lord of the Rings when it came out to see that uh, those figures come to life in that scale, with you know not not as impressive articulation, but still. Uh, pretty impressive figures in their own right as well, and just some old. I've got some Hellboy and some uh, some old Ninja Turtles as well, and the Necker Ninja Turtles. I have those. Mm. Uh, I had three for ages. <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have Raphael. I couldn't find him anywhere, and I lucked out and I finally got him. Um, yeah, but and Justice League as well. Um, that was sort of like a throwback to uh, superpowers for me. Yes. Uh, just with a more sort of uh, obviously more more uh, more characters to collect, um, and still trying to tie up those loose ends as well <laughs> with uh, Justice League, which will probably you know will probably will never get a complete set because of um, Volcano at this stage. So that's my collecting history. <laughs> Good on you, Justin. No problems. And over to you, Ben. Why do you collect? Oh, gosh, well, uh, I don't have a hole in my heart. Um, (laughs) Thank God. Um, Yeah, as as most of you guys probably know, I've been reading comics for a long, long time. Um, My father actually sort of taught me to read when I was very young with comic books, and uh, I just sort of picked up the habit from there and can remember finding my first comic shop, starting my first standing order and having my comics put aside. And um, I read comics nonstop. Uh, I've never stopped. I didn't stop for girls. You know, I didn't stop when I got too old, that sort of thing. 
I've just collected forever. Uh, and so I think that toys and statues are just a natural extension of that. I think when you've got favourite characters, seeing them represented in 3D, um, uh, especially when you can create a universe with lines like DC Universe and, and Marvel Legends, etc., it's just a given. Um, I think I, I started with Star Wars. Uh, I was a, a wee lad when Star Wars first came out and my mother bought me uh, Luke Skywalker in his Tatooine outfit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember looking on the back of the card when I think uh, that was the original 12-back, I yep. think. Yeah. And uh, I was determined to get Chewbacca and Han Solo and uh, it wasn't long before I had all of those and, and was, was thrilled to see that uh, the next wave came out with more figures. And... Um, from there, I, I extended into the original Masters of the Universe, and uh, I was uh, I was the hero of my school for a day, as I was the first person to actually get hold of He-Man. And uh, I took He-Man to school the next day, and everyone wanted to see it because the commercials were all over the TV. So, um, so that's a pretty good memory. But, um, but sort of contrary to the comics, once I, I hit high school, I, I sort of thought I was, <laughs> oddly enough, was too old for toys, but perfectly fine for comic books. And uh, I, I basically gave away a lot of my toys. And the only thing was, <gasps> what? I know, I know. Uh, I leased them. I'm not one of those people whose parents threw them out. Um, true. I gave them away to, uh, to young kids that I knew. But I, I kept all my Star Wars figures. And to this day, I've still got all my vintage Star Wars figures. And from there, um, I really dabbled in pretty much everything uh, as it came out. Uh, I... I really started to get interested when things like the original Batman animated figures came out. I really, to this day, think the TV show was uh, astonishingly good. So yeah. I was collecting those. Uh, I also um, had a lot of interest in the early McFarlane stuff, not so much the Spawn figures, but things like the movie Maniacs. Uh, I think the movie Maniacs, and, and at that point when McFarlane was on the top of his game, he was just producing some amazing stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I've really... The only thing I never really got into were the DC Direct figures. There, there was just something about them that, as much as I wanted a universe build, I just I couldn't pull the trigger. I think at that time the Australian dollar was in the toilet, and so the retail on those figures was about $35 each. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I just couldn't commit to those. Um, but, you know, I, I did eventually pick up things like the Kingdom Come and the, the Justice Lines and a few other sort of bits and pieces, and, of course, DC Universe Classics. Um, but, yeah, my collection's quite varied. Uh, you know, I really dig things like Futurama. Um, I don't know. I just think when I, when I find a property that uh, uh, some sort of licence that, that really, um, really just hits the spot with something like Futurama. I think the show is fantastic. I, I love every episode. And so picking up figures based on those characters is just a natural extension of the things you enjoy. And you, you've got a pretty decent statue collection too, haven't you? Yeah, I do. I, I remember when the original statues first hit the market. I can remember when Bowen uh, started with his, his DC statues and uh, I didn't actually pick up any of those because, as I mentioned, the, the dollar was so bad that those statues used to sell for about 400 Australian dollars when they first came out. But um, as time went on and they produced some better statues, I, I picked up a few here and there. And um, to this day, I still think one of the best statues ever released was uh, Randy Bowen's Hellboy statue that he did with Mike Mignola back in uh, 98. Um, I think that's one of my earliest statues. And from there, I've naturally progressed to Bowen and Sideshow. And, but, um, 
Yeah, these days I don't pick up too many. I'm, I'm, I've sort of spent, I don't know, as I guess as I get a bit older, I want to fill those holes in my comic book collection. So right now I'm focusing on, on those. And uh, I don't know, to pick up a, a, a three or $400 statue, it'll have to be something pretty impressive. So Yes, fair enough. Cool. Well, that just leaves me. Now, my, my story, for those who don't know me, is that I grew up in the U.S. Um, I grew up in a town outside of Chicago called Kankakee, Illinois, which is famous for only two things. Um, one is for being mentioned in an Arlo Guthrie song, if you've ever heard of him, and the other is for about 12 years ago being officially named the most boring place to live in the United States of America. Um, so, I'm, and I'm not joking. Um, so there was isn't, isn't it... Sorry, Scott, isn't it the home of Matt Mason as well? <laughs> Matt Mason, the infamous um, toy scalper and eBay thief. Uh, <laughs> yes, ap- apparently so. But that's a, that's, that's, that, that could be a feature discussion on its own for another time. Yes. Sorry, um, please continue. No, you're right. Um, my, my collecting – so I've been in Australia now for 20 years because I married a lovely Australian woman and her – the only condition she put on the marriage was that we live here. So this is, this is home now. Um, I started off as a Star Wars kid. Um, I had all the original you know, figures at the time that they came out. Um, and then I got into DC Comics in early high school. And uh, my first real serious collecting, because the Star Wars was all stuff that was bought for me as presents, um, but superpowers was something I discovered on my own. I remember going to Toys R Us and you know, having no idea that they were there seeing them and using my own money to buy Aquaman and Green Lantern. Aquaman's my guy. Um, and, you know, that probably explains a lot about my personality. Um, and madly collected the, the superpowers line. Um, and that died, you know, superpowers, I think, ended in 86. And I left home in 88. I was 17. Um, and left, you know, my big comic book collection and the... Star Wars and Superpowers collection behind, never, never, you know, made it back home to, to live and ended up then in Australia, and you know, for a long time being a, a traveller and then a student, I didn't have any money to, um, pursue a collection, so I kept my eye on comics a little bit, particularly Legion of Superheroes, which was my, you know, kind of big comic book love, but certainly didn't spend any money on it through early, you know, working life and buying houses and having children. And then um, when my my oldest child was a baby, we took her back to the States and my parents said, look, you know, you've got this stuff still here. Then, you, you know, either can you please take it with you or get rid of it because we don't really want it around anymore. And so I, you know, went through and decided, well, you know, I should, I should probably try and sell all this stuff. You know, the, the, the comics, I didn't really think that the toys had much value, but I, there was a bit of sentimental value there. So I packed it all up and sent it back to Australia and eventually um, got on, uh, you know, went through my comics and thought these are really fun. But I went through the toys and decided, well, look, I'll just whack them up on eBay and I'll see see what happens. And so I put my uh, some of my old Star Wars and some of my the superpowers figures that I didn't really you know, particularly want on eBay. And one of the first ones I put up on eBay was Cyborg. And I got $300 for Cyborg, 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, that made me stop and go, whoa, what is this? And uh, when I started looking on eBay at, at what you know what the people that were buying stuff from me were selling and collecting, I discovered the DC Direct figures. Um, and uh, you know, I I love DC and Marvel, but I really always have been a bit of a DC guy. And there was something about you know that whole universe building idea that. I'm really connected with me. This is about 2004. And um, so my plan to sell uh, all these toys and make a bit of money um, turned in, in, into a, a bit of an expensive addiction, I guess you have to say. Um, and for a while, you know, I collected lots of action figures from different lines. I had, you know, collected some of the, the old toy biz, you know, um, X-Men um, and, and, and Marvel Legends and even Star Trek and that sort of thing. Um, but I've, I've paired all that right back now because I've discovered statues and my, my collection at home now doesn't have any action figures in the display. Um, it only has statu- statues in the display. Um, but I, I still collect um, DC Universe, not the Rainbow Lantern wave, uh, but you know, other things there. Um, collected... Uh, masses of the universe until my subscription was abruptly cancelled thank you digital river um and probably will st- still cl- keep collecting those justice league unlimited um but you know i think I-, I made a conscious decision to get back into comics and to start collecting these um to not just be a boring work obsessed person without a life and a hobby i think having a you know, a hobby and something to think about outside of work has made me a much more, you know, kind of balanced person and a happier person because when things are, you know, it might be have a bit of a crappy day or whatever, you can think, well, you know what, I'm just going to go home and leave this behind and, you know, move some action figures around on a shelf or, you know, move my statues around on a shelf. And that's how my, you know, my blog came about as well, the same thing for my own enjoyment. So, you know, my, I have a very understanding wife. She very occasionally looks at the, the growing pile and, you know, wonders when it will stop. But um, my rationale on it all is that it is a, a cheaper midlife crisis than a drug addiction. Um, it is a safer midlife crisis. Are, are you sure about I, I'm, that? I'm is still it really pretty sure. Yes, I'm, I'm still pretty sure. And, and it's a safer midlife crisis than a, a motorcycle, and it brings less shame on the family than infidelity. So, you know, I, that, that's what I run with. And whenever that doesn't convince her, I just start talking about getting a tattoo, and then she's good. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I have really cut back on the figures just because I do like – I've collected Bowen statues, DC Direct, um, some sideshow, and now I've discovered Hot Toys. But obviously they are more pricey, and so you know, to try and make the, the budget make sense, some of the action figures that you know I, I would like to collect but I'm not as serious about, I've, I've dropped. But that, that's my collection, and that is, um, I guess, the rationale of why I collect. Great. Good discussion, everyone, and a a very good go for our very first episode. We're going to take a short break, and we'll come back to wrap up and let us know how you can contact us if you want to tell us uh, how wrong we were about something or maybe even how great we were. Each is so separately from Cronotone. 
Well, that brings us to the end of episode number one of the Action Figure Blues podcast. I can't believe we actually made it here. Um, behind the scenes, we've had a few technical difficulties d- just getting our head around um, the technology, and I- I'm actually on the road traveling for work at the moment, so I'm doing this from the comfort of a, a charming hotel room. Um, but we-, we seem to have got here in the end. Well done, everybody. We hope that you've enjoyed listening and that you might even consider coming back and listening to another one of these If you'd like to do that, you're going to be able to download this and future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab. And then hopefully you'll soon be able to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes as well. While you are at actionfigureblues.com, you might also want to check out the reviews and the articles that we have there. And you might even visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and stuff, who we talked about before, and also Big Bad Toy Store, and then the Australian store, popculture.com, who do sponsor us and help keep the site running. Um, When we're not podcasting or blogging or doing other hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues forum, and that is at afbforum.com. And we post under usernames there. Now, I post under Andy at the the forum. You're going to meet our friend Andy on the next podcast, who is one of the other admins there, um, who posts under FB. Um, But I'm Andy on the forum. Ben is Fish Milkshake on the forum. Um, it's his favorite drink, obviously. Is that, that correct, Ben? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, okay, radio. <laughs> That's why he's so healthy. Uh, he's trying to, to market it at the moment, so we don't want to give the recipe away. Um, Eli is posts under Dozy Muppet, and Justin posts under Night Owl. So if you want to say hello to us at the forum, we'd love you to come and join in. Don't just read. Come in and register and, and make an account and, and join in the discussion as well. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Any comments that you have about the, the podcast, our first go, yeah, be nice. Don't make us cry. But if you've got any um, you know, constructive criticism, we'd love to hear that too. Or if you have suggestions for future toys of the week or discussion topics, um, if you don't want to register on the forum, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com to send your feedback to us. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at AFBlues. And like our Action Figure Blues page on Facebook. So there's lots of different ways that you can interact with us. And hopefully you'll be back to listen another time. Boys, well done. Great job. I think we all deserve to give ourselves a round of applause, except that I'm the noise police and I don't like noise, so don't make applauses. Um, Mm. But Ben, (laughs) did you have a good time? I did. Thank you very much. Awesome. Are you going to wear pants for the next episode? Unlikely. Okay, so it's still going to be audio. That, that, that's good. We'll keep it an audio podcast, everyone. Don't worry. Eli, you have a good time? Oh, it's, 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 been, it's been extravagant. It's, there's been tears. There's been joy. It's... I thought we were going to talk about the tears. We were editing the tears out, for God's sake. Oh, well, sorry. you'll just have to edit that comment about the tears out as well. Oh, fine. Very good. And Justin, did you have a good time, Justin? I, I did indeed. Cool. It's... It's been very good. Awesome. Well, I laughed. I cried. It became a part of me. Um, It it has been fun. It's a great accomplishment to actually get this first one done. And we do hope that you'll come back and join us again soon. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number one, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. I'm Eli. And I'm Justin.
We're four guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture. And what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, confess, who owns the squeaky door? Uh, it was our doll. It was our doll. <laughs> it, was the dog. Water. it was the No, it was the dog needing to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't find a bottle. 